For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into the show for today, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here on this Thursday edition of Fantasy MLB Today. My name is Joe Rico, and I am your host, and we are really excited to bring on yet another guest here. Despite having some technical difficulties early on, we have him for you, Mr. Brad Johnson. You guys can find him on Twitter, at BaseballAteam. You probably know him for as a contributor at NBC Sports Edge, and also uh, the Baseball Team. I don't know too much about it. Is that its own thing as well yeah it's a it's a patreon page that i created in i think 2018 uh, i was kind of foreseeing this uh collective bargaining issue and i wanted to have a revenue stream in place for when that happened uh turned out i actually needed it for covid too uh, so it was uh it was nice to have that up and running oh that's good that's great so today we're going to be going over a couple of guys who you've replied on Twitter uh, to Brad and myself that you want to have discussed today. We're going to be looking at some buy low and sell high targets. Uh, still early in the season, still a little early to panic on guys, but there are certain players you want us to discuss. So why don't we start with uh, why don't we start with Trevor Story? How do you, how are you feeling about Trevor Story at the moment? Uh, there's certainly some concerns there. Uh, it, it's not looking like normal Trevor Story, he looked a little off last year too, and so that when you see kind of a year-to-year progression of a decline, that's 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 definitely worrisome. Uh, something I, I'd also like to point out right off the top, though, is when when you're talking about star-level players and they're slumping, that's usually a buy. Like it's it, it it's all about getting the right value. Obviously, if you're paying for peak Trevor Story, you might not be getting that. But if someone's panicking and trying to really dump them uh trying to maybe pick up someone who's hot right now like a taylor ward uh for trevor story that's a situation where yes uh i'd, I'd roll those dice you you would trade story and and get back ward you would, you would I, i'd go the other way around i trade i trade ward for <laughs> story trade ward for story okay that, that's fair the one thing that worries me a little bit is um the whole second base thing, it is not really looking that comfortable out there. And I worry as the season goes on that they might try and maybe not, not platoon him with Bogarts, but maybe try and get him in at short more because he doesn't, I mean, I know they want him to be the second baseman. He just really doesn't look very good over there. And I wonder if there's a time limit on that whole thing. The, the Boston roster is a little cumbersome and it, it definitely is going to have a, an impact on you know their decision making going forward if Story's not uh, comfortable at second base. The other problem though is uh, he's got that uh, elbow issue that's uh, from what I hear is worsening throughout his career. And I don't know if shortstop's really a long term option for him. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I just worry when I've seen him when I saw him in uh, 
playing against the Blue Jays specifically. I'm in Toronto. I watch pretty much religiously. I watch a, a lot of stuff, but specifically Blue Jays. And I saw him over there, and he really didn't look too, too comfortable. Now, there was one game with Bogarts out of the lineup where they kept him at second. So probably they will keep him at second. I just worry that they'll lose patience a little bit. But probably not anything to worry about. But he's he's probably a, a, a good buy low target. I think there are better guys to buy low on if you're going to be looking to buy, like a Tyler O'Neill. I think he's probably a, a safer option across the board. Uh, story does worry me a little bit. Why don't we talk about O'Neill a little bit here? Uh, is he someone that you have personally put offers out on or you have shares yourself? I, I haven't asked about him too much yet. And the, the main reason is I don't expect a discount. And at, at, at that point, you know, it's if, if I don't think that the my rivals are going to give me a discount on a buy low target, then I, I don't put too much legwork into it. Uh, you usually, for for me at least, I get the sense of uh, possible discounts when you know, someone that you know was untouchable three six months ago is suddenly being offered on a trade block. That's when uh, I'm I'm kind of licking my chops a little bit about getting someone at at a discount. I'm not seeing that right now with uh, Tyler O'Neill. I think that you might be able to wiggle a little bit of a discount. I mean, as opposed to where he was going before the season, you might be able to maybe get recoup a little bit of value there. I don't think it'll be crazy, but he's batting under 200. He's only hit the one home run this year. Uh, I'm personally not panicking about him at all. I don't have any shares, so that's probably why. <laughs> makes but it easy. I, he makes it very easy. But he's someone, if you can get him for any kind of a discount, I, I'd be all in on that. Like you said, it's probably not going to happen in a lot of cases, but if it's possible, then he's definitely going to be better than this throughout the season. And, and he has that sneaky speed, too, and that's a, yeah. a big element of his game is you're not just getting you know, a 30 home run profile, you're also getting you know, 10, 15 steals on top of that. Yeah, it's very true. And that lineup is very dangerous. That St. Louis lineup is very dangerous. Once Paul Goldschmidt starts figuring it out and everything starts working together over there, they're going to be uh, a force to be reckoned with, I would imagine. Here's someone I do have shares on who has worried me quite a bit. I wonder what you think on him. Tyler Molly. I I was... I'm, I'm pretty much out on him until he's not a Cincinnati Red. Uh, and, and the reason is... If you go back any number of years, really, of his career, he's bad at Great American Ballpark, and it's completely related to his profile. He's a fly ball pitcher, generally, and uh, it's such a tiny park, he needs a, a more forgiving atmosphere. And you look at his road stats, uh, which you know, by nature average out to be roughly average ballparks, uh, he's good on the road. He doesn't have as many home run problems on the road. It's It's Great American Ballpark that's his problem, so... Uh, he, he's an obvious trade candidate. I'm hoping that he you know, lands somewhere not too scary like Toronto, for instance. I know they're smelling, sniffing around him uh, over the offseason, even last season. And uh, that, that's a rough situation. But if he ends up with, I don't know, the Dodgers, uh, the Giants, uh, a lot of these West teams, uh, they, their ballparks are perfectly fine as long as it's not a Minute Maid Park. Uh, should all be you know, good situations for him. Um, so the short answer is I'm looking long-term on Male, uh, trying to find him in the right ballpark rather than right this moment. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I was expecting him to turn it around yesterday. I thought, I thought he was just due. There was nothing really statistically that told me that. I thought he was just due to turn it around. Statcast numbers aren't terrible, so I figured he'd 
sooner than later, turn it around. Six starts in uh, ERA, still over seven. So definitely, uh, you, you'd say buy on him if possible, or would you would you pass? It's it's kind of a hold right now. Uh, I'd I'd put out a feeler if you, especially if you have that sense that the the current owners you know trying to get out from under him, uh, they're panicking a little bit. You can you can grab him, maybe try to put him on your bench. It's a while yet before trade season really heats up. Uh, the Reds, though, they they really just lit some assets on fire, and they might decide to do it again at any time. Uh, so it, it's kind of a a game of chicken, I guess, in terms of when you want to try to go get him. Well, the Reds are clearly not playing for anything. What are they? Three and twenty, three and twenty-one, or something? <laughs> uh, they're. They're not, they're they're not this terrible as a as a roster, but yeah, they're no. they're they're struggling right now. Uh, they, I think they just don't have any like morale, and y- you can obviously see why. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Votto's been terrible. It seems like Votto's more just yeah you know, social media press. <laughs> I was gonna say Votto's made a pivot. He's he he made his pivot last year to sell it for home runs. He's like, oh, it's not working now. I'm social media. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's in the he's winding down for sure. I don't expect him to get traded most likely, but I don't think Votto's he is another, tradable. Yeah, Votto's another one who is people are panicking. I get I get questions every day about should I drop Votto? Um, what what do you think about him? Do you think he'll eventually figure it out, or do you think we've uh, we've hit the wall here? I think it's okay to drop Votto. We're talking like ten and twelve team mixed I, I think it's perfectly fine move on get a guy who's live right now because the the upside the upshot yeah he might figure it out he might get back to you know what he was doing last year what he was doing i think it was 2019 when he was okay for a little bit uh but he's he's been on like a a, a roller coaster decline for a while and uh it, it seems like one of his off years he might you know have another dead cat bounce in him but We've seen this bounce so many times from him in particular. And when you look around the league at other players, they've usually bounced once. Uh, he's got he's had like three at least. And I'm ready to let someone else uh, roll those dice. Yeah, that's fair. I feel like there's a part of him that might see the team and see where he is in his career and just maybe not really care much anymore. I, it's, it's tough for me to say he's like... Being a Canadian, he's one of our like great baseball players here, but it doesn't look like he really cares much anymore. So, I I would agree he's he's someone that you can move on from. I feel like the second you move on from him, though, he's gonna break out. I have that feeling. It's, it's certainly a risk. Uh, he's he's a a master at hitting. It's just a matter of you know when aging's gonna steal that from him. Yeah, that's true. It looks like it may have already, possibly, but let's keep it going here. Uh, Brandon Lau, you guys also wanted to know about Brandon Lau. He started off fairly well, and now he's kind of fallen off a little bit. Are you trying to buy him? What's uh, what's going on with you and Brandon Lau? Yeah, that's a buy. I don't. I haven't seen anything concerning in the profile, really. He's you know, still hitting the ball hard. Uh, he uh, maybe like his hard contact rate's a little bit down. His barrel rate's a little bit down. But we're talking. Uh, like a hundred plate appearance sample or so, and you know the rest of the profile looks normal. That's we're talking about maybe two to three missing hard contacts uh, or barrels. Uh, that happens. He's a streaky hitter. Uh, as part of his profile, he goes on power binges. He goes on strikeout binges, and you know, right now he's 
uh, it, it looks bad because it's you know one of the the weaker hundred plate appearance samples we've seen from him. But we'll we'll probably see him rebound. I think we'll get back up into that you know 130 WRC plus range. Mm. Yeah, I have I have quite a few shares this year, and I'm not really panicking yet. Probably uh, I probably hold on for now. But if you can try and, and pry him away from somebody, then yeah, I agree. Especially the it's kind of a unique combo: second base slash outfield eligibility. Him, Tommy Edmond. I, I don't know. It's kind of a weird, unique combo that I kind of have. Uh, I kind of like. I don't know. Not <laughs> not that it's a massive deal, really, but just. Catel Marte is another guy we could talk about here. <laughs> He's another one. We might as well talk about him. Would you be trying to buy him? He's had yeah. I, I'm trying to buy Catel Marte where I can. Uh, I I just love his athleticism. It, it, it something's a little bit off right now. I I have no doubt that there's something somewhat wrong in his mechanics or his approach, uh, but. I also trust the the, the skill level, the, the talent. Uh, it'll it'll come together. Yeah, I'm not too worried about him. I mean, I'm a little worried about uh, batting in that lineup. It's a rather yeah, that's the bigger concern. Lineup. The lineup, the uh, matchups against the Dodgers and Giants are tough. Padres too, even. Yeah, he's batting 156. Uh, last year he was really excellent. I know he missed some time, but when he was on the field last year, he was he was excellent. So. Definitely room for him to turn it around. Definitely another buy uh, option there. Who else were you guys asking about here? Uh, Taylor Ward. So you're trying to you you would sell high on Taylor Ward at the moment? I would sell high. I I didn't expect him to be as good as he is. He's brought me around a little bit in terms of I, I thought he was a fourth outfielder. I think he's a little bit better than a second division starter now, but also maybe not a first division starter quite. Um, he, he, but he's like an above average corner outfielder. And that's, I guess, uh, has a place. It's not a huge fantasy asset. And so if someone's getting you know, overexcited about uh, the hot start and is giving you big value or, you know, giving you access to one of these buy low type talents who, you know, has years and years of track record and hits all five categories. Uh, that's definitely a sell I would make. Uh, the, the something I, I think always needs to be emphasized when we're having a buy low, sell high conversation is make sure that it's actually low and high, because uh, a lot of people will just go and buy at the original cost, or they'll go and sell at, at the original cost, and it's uh, not really pricing in any changes that have happened. You need to get those changes priced in and then hope that uh, regression and other factors end up working in your favor. Yeah, that's like the whole whole point really is to make value if you're trading them for someone that you would have traded them for a month ago. It doesn't really make sense, obviously. But the thing with Ward, the, the, the high ranking that he has so far is due to the early home runs and the extremely high batting average. And I don't really see those keeping up at this pace anyway. This pace is unsustainable for someone like him. Yeah, the, and even even the power he's shown while hitting these home runs, it's not like remarkable or anything. It's yeah. it's not Otani or Mike Trout. <laughs> uh, they... they they hit the ball. You're like, yeah, that's the expected outcome. He's he's overperformed expectations, and uh, what what I what I think has probably happened is uh, the, these sorts of players that are kind of like on the cusp. Uh, you'll you'll 
have situations where a scouting report will have a very aggressive, like, this is how you attack him, and it's just the book, and everyone knows it, and that player makes an adjustment to uh, explicitly take care of that problem. Uh, it takes 100, 200 plate appearances before the scouting report really changes uh, to say, oh, he's fixed this problem, and then that's when you see that guy go into a slump, uh, and they go back to their original wave hitting, and... No, it's it's back to to square one. Uh, so this is this happens several times a year with these types of players. Yeah, I mean it is definitely a outlier. No one, I don't think anybody had him going, uh, had him performing this well through April. Anyway, I, I was really surprised uh, that Joe Adele got sent down. To be honest, I thought he would stay up a little bit longer. I don't watch a ton of Angels games, but just based on the hype around him, I was kind of surprised that they sent him down. I think that's like a front office move. Uh, Joe Madden's just trying so hard to get Taylor Ward in the lineup, and I think the front office said, we're going to make this easier for you. We want Marsh and Adele playing every game, and Marsh seems to be a little bit sharper right now. Uh, so we're going to make that change. Uh, I think we'll see him back really soon. Yeah, I think you're probably right. I just I was surprised with all the hype was around him, uh, especially last year and previous years. I thought he would. Well, I thought he, once he was up, he would stay up. But they have four or five outfielders there who are all fairly worthy of playing time, right? Uh, depending on how you classify Jared Walsh, who kind of goes back and forth, and he's mostly a first baseman. But yeah, they they've even been pl- platooning him a bit, and I think getting Adele out of there helps them to uh, get away from that platoon a bit. Let's uh, let's maybe move on. There's someone that you guys didn't mention, but I'm kind of curious what you think about uh, Trevor Rogers. Some of the stats are a little bit concerning. The walk rate, low, uh, lower strikeout rate. Would you be trying to buy him, or are you a little bit worried? I think he's a buy. Uh, there, there's not a lot of buy low pitchers. That's looking through, uh, trying to prep for this this talk uh, for guys that I'd want to buy low on, and uh, he was one of the few ones that came up uh, for me. And it's just a it's partly a stuff thing. It's also, uh, you have these guys who rely on their change-ups. Uh, they can lose the feel for a little bit, and then their their, their main rep weapon's gone. Uh, the, the feel usually comes back. Uh, it's more of a problem with splitter ballers and change-up artists, but it, it does happen uh, with both of them. Uh, and I think that's basically what's going on right now is the change-up's not as sharp, and when it becomes sharper again. Uh, it's also a situation, could be, tipping his pitches. Uh, I haven't seen any indication of that. It's just uh, that would explain the results. It makes sense. Yeah, it would definitely make sense. Again, a guy I don't have really any shares on, so I'm not too worried about him. I think that's probably why, but I, I would probably go and buy him. I think there's also a little bit of a worry, not a massive worry, but he doesn't play for a great team, so the wins category might be a little bit lower than you might hope for. Um, just looking at the run support they gave uh, specifically last year to Alcantara and the fact that he lost a lot more games than he probably should have. It just worries me that you'll be losing out on that category. Uh, maybe not all the time, but some of the time just because of the team around him is not so great. Yeah, and even last year, he made 25 starts. He won seven games. It's, a, yeah. it's like an okay ratio, but he, when you consider that he had a 2.64 ERA, you kind of expect better. That's kind of a, a Jake DeGrom uh, situation almost where the, the stats are ludicrous and the the win total is not. <laughs> yeah, no run support over there. Uh, let's talk about a couple more guys while we got you on here. Uh, Alec Bohm, how are you feeling about Alec Bohm at this point? 
Uh, you know, he's a, he's a guy who I, I, I comp him all the time to DJ LeMahieu because he's got mm. the same body. Uh, he's got that same opposite field approach. And what's what happened, I think, last year and been 2020, uh, was trying to tap into this uh, home run meta, trying to go pole side a little more, and it it's not his game. Uh, he seems to be back to understanding that yeah I need to use the opposite field and you know when I get out ahead of a breaking ball and launch it into left field that's great but it's not something I try to do and uh, that that hopefully will mean that he's going to be an above average hitter again uh, at the same time fantasy wise again DJ LeMahieu you can look at him uh, it's it's a profile that's not really built around uh, putting out huge fantasy output. He doesn't have LeMahieu's early career speed. Uh, he doesn't have the same batting average upside because there's more strikeouts there. Uh, so we're looking at kind of like a core performer. So you would just, if you picked him up, you would just hold him? You wouldn't really try and make a move? Or... Yeah, yeah. I think he's just someone to use, and if he, it starts going wrong, you change him out. Yeah, that's fair. I I, I like Boehm. Uh, I like that lineup. I really like that Phillies lineup, I think. He, he's batting in the yeah, middle there. He's it's going to start clicking at some point. Yeah, he's got a potential for maybe this is a little optimistic, but like 80 runs, 80 RBIs maybe. Am I, am I reaching a little bit there maybe? Yeah. Under the current uh, under current like depth chart that they're using, I think that works because he's playing pretty much every day. Uh, if they get Stott back in there and it turns into more of a rotational thing again, then uh, that's probably a reach. But for now, yeah, I think that's within – the realm of possibility, kind of a, a, a semi-down order guy who is still in a good lineup and gives you some good run support. Yeah, he's kind of bounced around a little bit. I'd like to see him batting at the top. They do play around with their lineup quite a bit over there. Sometimes it's Schwarber at the top. Sometimes he's at seven and they have Segura leading off or whatever. So you know, yeah, he has a higher... It's a little cumbersome, the, the roster they've put together in terms of, like, they don't have, like, that true leadoff hitter. It's probably Bryce Harper, to be honest. Uh, he's he's the guy who's going to give you a 400 OBP and you know, be on the base all the time. That would be great to have him as a leadoff guy. But uh, they're, they're definitely more uh, consolidated and cleanup type hitters than leadoff guys. Yeah, and, of course, this doesn't really apply to fantasy much outside of you guys who maybe have assists or fielding percentage in your leagues, but a brutal defensive team. Oh yeah, it's it's more on the pitching side where that comes into play. Like Zach Eflin would be a buy on a different team, yeah, for instance. I agree, I agree completely. Um, okay, we've pretty much covered all the guys you guys asked us about. Uh, Justin Turner. Maybe we'll end off with Justin Turner. Would you be trying to buy? He's been struggling. Um, I, I personally, I think I would be trying to buy. But how do you, how do you feel about Justin? It's another situation where I think I trust the body of work more than the current slump. Uh, that said, he's old. He's battled some injuries uh, in recent years, and there's some some concerning shifts in his profile as a hitter right now. Uh, he There's probably something a little bit off, and whether he makes that adjustment, fixes it, or turns into someone who splits time with Edwin Rios, uh, well probably seen pretty soon uh, but right now he's trending towards not a full-time guy so i'd be careful about paying too much for him uh, it's it's that... it's worth a dart throw though if it's if the acquisition price is cheap you think the dodgers would go that route and have him be a part-time guy 
Yeah, I mean, he's not hitting. Uh, <laughs> he's not hitting. His strikeouts are up. His walks are down. His uh, his batted ball profile was kind of built for that uh, the the super ball that we've seen in the recent seasons. And if that's not coming back, he just might not have bat pip skills. Um, he might be hitting too many easy outs. Uh, so we'll see. I, I I do think it's a situation where he'll end up being fine. Uh, yeah. It's just. As you get up to age 37, and you know you've seen some some cracks in the facade in the past, uh, kind of like with Votto, you, you ask how many times is he gonna come back and keep doing it. Is Turner 37 now? Yeah, it's at least his age 37 season. Oh yeah, wow. he's 37 and five months. Wow, I would not have thought that. I would have thought like 35, 34. I wouldn't have thought 37. Even with Votto, though, I was a little bit surprised. I think he's 38. So I would have thought maybe 36. Yeah, uh, Turner broke out pretty late in his career, too. This is true. This is very true. Like, his his We've... big breakout season, he he was, like, okay in his age 29 season and, like, part-time duty, and then he was quite good in uh, 2015 and 2016 as a 30-year-old and a 31-year-old. It feels like it's been longer than that, but I guess it only has been, like, six years of him. Yeah. Well, we've pretty much covered all the guys that you asked about. I hope that we were able to sufficiently uh, analyze these guys for you. We've been talking with Brad Johnson of the baseball A-team. Well, he's, that is his Twitter handle. I think. Are you more known, do you think, from NBC? Is that where your majority of your fan base comes from? Yeah, yeah, NBC. Uh, a lot of people know me from my fan graphs work. Uh, and you know, still hoping to get back over there at some point. Uh, they've... They're still uh, recovering from COVID themselves. Uh, so ho- hope to be with Fangraphs again soon. Uh, working with uh, MLB Trade Rumors again. I was with them back in like 2014 and 2015. Uh, they're, they're doing a little bit of fantasy stuff. I'm handling it all. Uh, it's mostly for their subscribers. And uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun uh, getting back uh, with them. And then uh, what else am I doing? Uh, I'm writing for a site called Baltimore Sports and Life and uh, talking about the Baltimore Orioles, which was a, a surprise uh, addition to my writing uh, portfolio this year. The Orioles, I'm sure that won't be, uh, I'm sure there'll be some, some dark stories having to go, some dark thoughts anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's nice in that the, the community is like, yeah, we're bad, we accept that. So you know, I don't have to like window dress like, hey, here's things to hope about. It's like, no, this this is... This is not going well. It's not going to go well this year. But yeah, there are some prospects we can talk about, and uh, we can talk about how you you bring in talent to find guys the way the Giants have found guys, and you know made a pivot using the waiver wire. That's what the Orioles are trying to do this year, and hopefully, you know, they find a guy or two that way. I mean, with Rutschman coming up, Grayson Rodriguez, there is hope. There is definitely hope for the future. So. Uh... Tough division, obviously tough division, but opt- optimism for sure there. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had a great time chatting with you. It was a really great conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I always enjoy hopping on shows. It's uh, it's easy, you know. I just talk instead of typing. Uh, <laughs> so if you guys aren't following Brad already on Twitter, he's got a very prolific uh, Twitter feed. Constant stuff throughout the day, baseball-related stuff mostly, but uh, mixed in uh, some other stuff as well. Go and follow him at Baseball A Team on Twitter. So Baseball and then the letter A and then Team, uh, just to spell it out for you guys. 
I know I always spell out my Twitter handle because my name is kind of strange. So I just kind of, I feel like it's a bad way to lose uh, people by having them type in the wrong name or whatever and not find you and then they give up on you. I feel like uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of family members tell me who have my own last name uh, that my name is kind of weird when I pronounce it. So that's why I typically spell out stuff for you guys. Brad, uh, we hope to have you on again at some point. It was a great time, man. Thank you so yep, much. For great coming. to be here. Cheers, man. Yep. Big thank you to Brad for coming on the show today. Had a great time chatting with him. Go ahead and give him a follow at Baseball ATM. You definitely want to be following him there. He is very active on social media. Now, as you guys know who listen to the show, guest day, we usually take up quite a bit of time on the guests, so we have to be a little bit quicker with our game recap. So <clears throat> without further ado, let's get into uh, yesterday's matchups and start breaking them down for you. Let's start with my Blue Jays, who broke the Yankees' win streak. They finally lost the game to the Yankees. 2-1 Blue Jays victory here. Yusei Kikuchi got the victory going six strong innings, his best start of the season, I think, unquestionably, giving up only three hits, one earned run, and seven strikeouts. Jordan Romano finished off with his 12th save of the year, despite getting into some trouble. Kikuchi is an interesting one. I mean, does he have the potential to be like last year's Robbie Ray? It's a little bit early, yes, obviously, but similar kind of guy, right? A pitcher who's had varying degrees of success in other places, comes to Toronto, you know, obviously those first few starts were not great, but from what I remember, Robbie Ray's first few starts last year were not great either. So maybe that Pete Walker effect can uh, can happen. Maybe Lightning can strike twice here with Kikuchi. Uh, a little early and a little bit of maybe the Toronto fan in me uh, wishfully thinking this. But he looked really good, really great fastball velocity. Uh, I don't mind adding Kikuchi in deeper leagues. Uh, in standard leagues, it's going to be a little bit iffy. He has been added quite a bit today. Um, he might be kind of a trap with this start. It's it's really hard for me to, to wrap around exactly where we're going to go from here with Kikuchi. I think he is worth taking a chance on in deeper leagues because of the fact that of Pete Walker and what he is capable of doing with arms who are maybe not quite at their in their peak, in their prime, but who he can rework a thing or two and give them a new lease on life uh, in baseball. So am I am I sold that <coughs> excuse me that Kikuchi is going to have a fantastic year? I'm not really sure about that. I think that you're not really going to get hurt too badly if you use an ad in a deeper league. Um, in a shallower format, no, probably not in your 8 and 10 team leagues, but anything 12 and deeper, I'd be all right using an ad on him there. Uh, on the other side for the Yankees, it was Nestor Cortez, and he had his worst start of the season here. In four innings, giving up four hits, two earned runs, and three strikeouts, which is not terrible on the surface, <clears throat> but the four walks really did not help him. That was what limited his uh, ability to go deep in this game. So he only went four innings. He took his first loss of the season. Not a great game uh, from him. Obviously, we're not going to be dropping him after how hot he has been to start the season. Uh, a little bit of, of a shaky outing here, and the control is a little bit worrisome, but not not a major deal for me. Uh, hold on to to Cortez, don't don't feel the need to drop him or anything. Uh, he should bounce back in his next time out. Let's keep it going here with the Diamondbacks and the Marlins. It was an 8-7 Diamondbacks victory here. And it was kind of what I was expecting uh, from Eliza Hernandez. Not a great outing over four innings. Give him five hits, five earned runs, uh, struck out three, and walked three. Obviously not someone you really need to worry about on the fantasy side. Uh, John Birdie hit two home runs here for the Marlins. Not something that you're going to see happen very often, but uh, interesting. For sure, interesting. 
Uh, Jesus Aguilar also hit another, uh, also hit a home run there for the Marlins. On the Diamondbacks side, uh, I had talked about yesterday on the show and on Twitter that Madison Bumgarner was a fairly safe guy to stream for today, or for yesterday, for that that is, and uh, he got ejected after the first inning for arguing with an umpire over sticky stuff on the hand, or I don't think there was actually sticky stuff on his hand. I think it was more Bumgarner didn't like the way the umpire was approaching the whole situation, something along those lines. Kind of a weird, uh, kind of weird situation. At first, it looked like Bumgarner just lost his mind for nothing, really. And then afterwards, you see the umpire was kind of staring him down, so it was, it was kind of weird. But whatever the case may be, he did not have much fantasy value yesterday. Obviously, only going the one inning. You're not going to be dropping him. You're going to be obviously not, maybe not obviously to some people, but you're going to be holding on to Bumgarner. He's been very good this year, and he should still have value. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, not too much to talk about on the Diamondbacks hitting side other than Dalton Varsho and Paven Smith both hit home runs. Uh, Varsho has been a very nice asset this season, especially uh, where he has catcher eligibility. I think he has catcher eligibility everywhere. He's been a really strong asset so far this season. Let's keep it going with the uh, Cardinals and the Royals here. It was a 10-0 Cardinals victory. And Adam Wainwright, my God, seven innings of one-hit baseball. Yes, he only struck out two. But you're not, you don't have Adam Wainwright on your team for the strikeouts, really. You have him for the ratios and for a good chance of getting a lot of wins for you. So Wainwright here was fantastic. He's obviously someone who should be on rosters. It looks like this will be another year like last year. Uh, very solid value from Wainwright. <clears throat> really, really incredible to see from a 40-year-old pitcher this kind of this kind of production. But there you have it. Tyler O'Neill hit a home run, kind of breaking out of his slump a little bit. Uh, and Nolan Arenado hit a home run and drove in five here. He has definitely been one of the best players in baseball to this point of the season. On the other side, Chris Bubik was terrible over a third of an inning, gave up two hits and four earned runs, uh, two walks. I don't know if it's happened yet, but he'll probably be going down to the minor leagues. He's not looked very good at all. Uh, so obviously, if you did stream him in, uh, it wasn't a great choice, but you're going to be sending him back to the waiver wire today. Next game, we have the first leg of the doubleheader between the Padres and the Guardians. It was a 5-4 victory for the Padres. Mike Clevenger was all right in his first outing. Um, I didn't think that they'd give him a ton of, of rope here, and they actually let him throw 95 pitches. I was really surprised they let him go this much. He went four and two-thirds, gave up four hits, three earned runs, struck out four, and walked three. Yeah, he's a decent guy to hold in 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 leagues. I mean, I don't love holding him, but I think that he... There is value to be had there. He'll get better than this. Um, not in shallow leagues. I really don't think he'll have shallow league kind of value. He's not a must-roster guy um, necessarily. But once you're getting into that 12-team and deeper area, I think it's all right to, to use a roster spot on him. Another save for Taylor Rogers. He hit 10 saves on the year. He's also been one of the nicer surprises out of the bullpen. Uh, specifically, his value definitely jumped up moving from Minnesota to San Diego here. Uh, let's take a look at the Guardians. Zach Plezak did not have an outing to remember, going five innings, giving up five hits, uh, four earned runs, and four strikeouts. Also walking four. Not really a great outing from Plezak. He's a very iffy guy to roster because he doesn't give you a lot of strikeouts. Not for playing for a great team. He's not going to give you a lot of wins. Uh, you're really rostering him for the ratios, and he hasn't really done that so far for you this year. So I'm all right with moving on from Zach Plezak. I don't think he'll have a ton of value going forward. Uh, the second half of that doubleheader was a 6-5 Guardians victory. And Mackenzie Gore was the pitcher for San Diego. He did really well over five and two-thirds, gave up four hits, one earned run, struck out two, uh, walked three, which may be a little bit high, but 
another solid outing from a young arm. Obviously a must roster guy there. On the Guardian side, Cal Quantrill was pretty good himself. Uh, five walks was the main concern there. He gave up three hits, three earned runs, and struck out seven. He is an iffy guy for me. I don't mind rostering him. Similarly to Plezak, um, not a big strikeout guy. Not a lot of victories are going to be had, most likely. I like him a bit more than Plezak, but I, again, not a must-roster guy. I, I like him okay in, in deeper formats. Uh, the next game we'll look at, there's another doubleheader. It was the Pirates and the Tigers. Game one went to the Tigers, 3-2. Um, we had Michael Pineda go four and a third over um, giving up two earned runs, striking out four, and walking two. He was okay. He's not someone you have to worry about rostering, really. He's a good streamer. This was a decent streaming chance, and he wasn't fantastic. So I'm not... So I'm not sold that you need to add Michael Pineda. I think he's an all right guy to stream in on advantageous matchup days, but overall you can pretty much leave him alone. On the Pittsburgh side, we had Dylan Peters go uh, more of like an opener kind of thing. Three and a third, give up one hit, struck out four and walked one. He's actually been not bad this year, Dylan Peters. Uh, through 16 and two thirds innings, he's got three wins and a zero ERA. Probably the best stretch you're going to see of him all year, but every now and then you get one of those random relievers that pops up on a bad team that does very well that's usually trade bait at the deadline. He is definitely going to be one of those guys if he keeps it up because the Pirates aren't playing for anything this year. I think they know that. But he's been very good, so uh, not really on the fantasy side, but uh, interesting play maybe if he gets traded later on in the year. Probably not, but someone to keep an eye on for sure is, uh, is Dylan Peters. The second half of that doubleheader was a 7-2 Pirates victory, and it was, let me see, Jose Quintana, who went five innings. I didn't watch any of these games, so that's why I'm not um, I'm not familiar so much with what happened in them uh, because I didn't watch them. Quintana went five innings, four hits, two and runs, struck out three. He, it was a fine outing, but not really uh, anybody you're going to have to worry about on the fantasy side. Quintana is, he's not been terrible this year, but... I'm not really going to be worried about him for similar reasons to Plezak and um, to Plezak and Quantrill because not a lot of strikeouts, not a great team. There's not going to be a lot of win possibilities there, so we're going to be passing on him. On the Detroit side, it was Alex Fado who made his major league debut over five innings, gave up eight hits, two and runs, struck out one. Not a bad outing. Not someone I'm going to be worried about outside of very deep leagues because again. Common theme, not a good team, not going to help you too much with ratio or with strikeouts. Going to be more there for ratios of anything, and playing for a bad team is not going to be great for that. So I'm going to be passing on uh, Alex Fado. while also acknowledging that there is some potential there going forward, but right now uh, no move needs to be made. Next game we're going to talk about is the Braves and the Mets. It was a 9-2 to Braves victory. Uh, Ian Anderson had a good outing going five and a third, giving up five hits, uh, one earned run, one strikeout, and four walks. Four walks is a little bit much, but good outing to get the win here uh, against a tough Mets team on the road. On the other side, Tyler McGill was good, but not great. Over five and a third, gave up four hits, uh, three earned runs, and struck out nine. The nine strikeouts is great. He did take his first loss of the year by giving up those three earned runs. So kind of unfortunate there. Uh, his ERA is still only a 2-4-3. He started off very well. He's obviously someone who is a must-roster player. If he's still available in your league, I very much doubt it. But if he is, then you need to go and add him. Let's move on to the Mariners and the Astros. It was a 7-2 Astros victory here. And Justin Verlander had a very good outing again. He seems to be old Verlander. Maybe not like 
prime Verlander, but very good Verlander. Anyway, six and two thirds, five hits, two earned runs, striking out three. He's a very strong asset this year that you didn't have to pay too much for because of the injury stuff these last couple of years. So if you drafted Verlander, congratulations. He's looking like a great asset. On the other side here, Matt Brash. Matt Brash is probably seen his last start in the major leagues for a little while, I'd imagine. Three innings, six hits, four earned runs. Uh, he struck out three and walked four. The walks are a massive issue. He's walked 17 guys in 20 innings. It's really a concern. I did have a lot of hope early in the year. His first couple starts were really good. And now uh, we've had a few bad ones and really hasn't had much control in the last four outings. It wasn't, I mean, yeah, it, it's been four outings in a row now where he's where he struggled with walks. So he's probably going to be sent down. Maybe wait until the official announcement until you drop him. But it's not looked very good so far. He's not probably going to be a this year guy. Down down the line in the next couple of years, I see him being a fantasy asset, maybe even next year. But this year is looking a little rough for that. Let's move on to the next game. It was the Rays and the Athletics. It was a 3 to nothing Rays victory here. Corey Kluber was a very good streaming option yesterday. He went six innings, giving up three hits, no earned runs, striking out seven. And, you know, he's someone who might even have deeper league slash, I don't know, back end of the rotation standard league kind of value. If he can return to, like, Cy Young form Corey Kluber, which he's looked very close. Not even, okay, maybe not Cy Young Corey Kluber, but he's looked really good so far this year. I don't have a problem using an ad on him in most formats, just even speculatively, hoping that he can keep it up. I don't know that he can give you a whole season of production like this at this point in his career. He is 36. But I'd feel confident dropping your worst pitcher. So if you have, like, I don't know, an Eduardo Rodriguez, a Zach Plezak, um, a Matt Brash, then making that switch for a Corey Kluber here uh, would make sense to me. On the other side, it was Frankie Montes who actually had a really good outing spoiled by the bullpen. So he went seven innings, gave up only four hits, struck out six. Again, he's probably not going to be in Oakland for too long. I've said that throughout the season. He's probably going to be a trade candidate. Almost certainly will be traded uh, by season's end, which will almost definitely improve his value because a lot of the value in category leagues for pitchers is the tie to their wins. So he's not going to get a lot of wins here in Oakland I mean he'll get he'll get a few right just based on how strong he is but if he gets traded to a contender that will definitely bump up his value as the season goes on uh, on the hitting side here not really too much to talk about uh, combined we only had 10 hits in this ball game so not too much uh, to go over there next we have the Rangers and the Phillies it was a 2-1 Rangers victory here and I'll start with Zach Wheeler because he was actually really good in this ball game. Seven and two thirds, gave up six hits, struck out seven. Really good outing for him. He seemed to uh, really correct himself these last couple of times out, and he's very, very close to getting that ERA back to a very respectable range. That Miami start definitely did not help him, giving up seven earned runs there. But these last couple outings have been very good, no earned runs in either of them, and he's got the ERA back down to four point one zero. So. Not worried about Zach Wheeler anymore, really. I was a bit at the beginning of the year, but he seems to have figured himself out. On the Rangers side, Martin Perez had a very nice outing as well. Over seven innings, giving up four hits, striking out four. The only problem was that he walked four. He is, I'm not going to say a good asset this year because I'm not really certain it'll continue. But as of right now, he's been pretty good. Uh, in deeper leagues, I understand picking him up. <clears throat> in shallow leagues slash standard leagues, I wouldn't make the move just yet. 
keep an eye on him, but he has looked very good so far. Uh, Joe Barlow ended up with his third save of the season last night as well. So I'm not a huge Joe Barlow guy, but if he is floating around on waiver wires, and I think he is floating around on a decent amount of waiver wires, he's not someone who's rostered a ton, I don't think, 46%, 46% rostered on Yahoo. So if he's still floating around, he's a decent ad there for sure. If you need saves, if you need help with saves, no problem in adding Barlow. Let's move on to the next game here, uh, the Orioles and the Twins. And this is, you know, we were expecting it at some point. I don't think I was expecting it this bad against the Orioles. We knew it was going to be bad eventually, but Dylan Bundy, that glorious early season ERA is now at 576. It's all been ruined. It's all back to old Dylan Bundy. And it may have even been a mirage. I'm not even sure these last couple of weeks really happened with Dylan Bundy. I, I mean, have to go back and look at the numbers to make sure. But like this is this was brutal outing here. Three and two thirds, eleven hits, nine earned runs, only struck out three, couple of walks, couple of home runs. Really, really poor stuff. Uh, if you did sell high on him, if you were able to dupe anybody in your league in the first couple of weeks that he was able going to be able to keep this up, then congratulations. Uh, I, I don't think many of you were able to do that. It's Probably not anybody who'd played fantasy for a long time. Maybe if you got somebody new in your league or relatively new to fantasy baseball and baseball in general, you might have been able to pawn off Dylan Bundy on them and get some decent value back because he was fantastic the first couple outings. Like I said, it might have been a mirage, but he was fantastic. So if you were able to trade him, congratulations. There's no way on earth you're going to be able to trade him now after this kind of outing. He's going back to the waiver wire, guys. There's... There's nothing you can do about it. you got to send him back to the waiver wire. You want to hold on one more start, sure. But, I mean, going up against Baltimore, you figure, is about as good of an opportunity as any to continue a hot streak. And he fell flat on his face here. So I have no problem dropping uh, Dylan Bundy. On the other side, Kyle Bradish was all right here over four innings. Not great. Six hits, four and runs, three strikeouts. Not somebody you're going to have to be worrying about in fantasy uh, for the time being anyway. As the season goes on, Maybe, but honestly, I'm not really I'm not really convinced on that. The next game of the night was an Angels victory over the Red Sox, ten to five. And before we start with the pitchers, another Taylor Ward home run here. Uh, he's been really strong. He should obviously be added if he's in your league. Um, and he's someone you could probably be selling high on, uh, like we were talking about with Brad. He's someone you could probably be getting uh, squeezing a little bit of extra value out of how well he's played to this point in the season. Um, so. You can hold on to him and hope to ride it out. I don't think he'll be this good all year. I don't think anybody thinks he'll be this good the whole year. So if you want to trade him now or soon and get somebody back who's going to be a top 60, top 70 asset for you the rest of the season, if someone's willing to do that, then God bless, I would go and do that right away. Let's look at the pitching here. Reed Detmers started for the Angels and no fantasy move here. Uh, he went four and two thirds, gave up four hits, three earned runs, struck out two. Nothing uh, nothing to see here in terms of a fantasy ad. On the Red Sox side, Garrett Whitlock was very good, and he is somebody who I probably would go ahead and add. He went five innings, two runs. Uh, they're both earned, and he struck out nine. Through 21 and two-thirds innings this year, three starts, four relief appearances. He has a 1.25 ERA, and he struck out 29 batters in those 21 innings, while only walking four. And he also has a save this year, too. Very interesting asset. Now, I hope they keep him in the starting rotation for fantasy purposes because he's looked really good as a starter. 
Either way, at this point, I would be alright using an add on him. Um, specifically, yes, in those deeper leagues, maybe not in shallow leagues, which pretty much goes for <clears throat> most of the guys that I'm going to be talking about most of the time. I mean, guys like Taylor Ward, yes, it doesn't really matter your league size. He should be added right now. Um, someone like that is going to transcend the league size debate. Um, someone like Whitlock, I think, in a, in a, I don't know, anything 12 and deeper, I'm all right with. 10 is maybe a little bit too shallow there. But if you've got a bad, bad pitcher on your 10-team roster and you want to move on and Whitlock looks like the best option. I don't have any problem with that. Again, trading out guys for like maybe an Eduardo Rodriguez, maybe it's Herman Marquez. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with making a speculative grab at Whitlock. Let's move on to the Reds and the Brewers. And this one was a, a total massacre. It was 18 to 4. And it wasn't this bad the whole way through. There were 11 runs scored in the 6th, 7th, and 8th inning by the Brewers to really blow this game out of the water. So Vladimir Gutierrez with I don't know how, but the ERA keeps getting worse. Through five starts, he's 0-5 with an 8-8-6 ERA. I hope no one's rostering him, but if you are, please go and send him to the waiver wire. He is nothing but a kill to every category. Uh, on the Brewers' side, Freddy Peralta was good enough to get the victory. Not fantastic, but over five innings, he gave up five hits, three earned runs, struck out seven, and walked two. He appears to be <clears throat> more in line with old Freddy Peralta uh, these last few times out specifically these last three outings. Not really so much here. You would hope for a bit more, but he was he was good enough to get the victory, and, you know, you, you'll take it, right? You'll take it. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad outing by any means. He was fine. Next game of the night is the White Sox and the Cubs. It was a 4-3 White Sox victory, and Lucas Giolito was very good over his five and two-thirds. He gave up three earned runs, struck out 10, and walked two. Yes, he did give up two home runs, and yes, maybe you'd like the three earned runs to be one or two over that same period, um, but you'll, you'll take it, right? You'll take a 10-strikeout victory from him here, no problem, especially on the road against the rival. Uh, Liam Hendricks has saves in each of his last three games, so no worries about Liam Hendricks uh, at this point. I'm pretty comfortable with him going forward. Start of the year was a little bit worrisome with him, but right now I'm, I'm fairly all right with him. Kyle Hendricks on the other side is really still a wild card. Uh, five and two-thirds, seven hits, four and runs, two strikeouts, He's really iffy, guys. He's really iffy, and he's probably more on the drop side than the keep side. Just, you know, he doesn't really contribute much. And the days where he doesn't give you the low runs, he's giving you nothing. So I'm all right with dropping Kyle Hendricks at this point, I think. Uh, I know that he'll have a few more good starts throughout the season, but I'm fairly all right with dropping him uh, in general. And, you know, he's... He's had really good fantasy seasons, and he is capable of turning it around, but I just don't really see it at this point. So I'm all right with making the move uh, to switch him out for a hot player. Let's talk about the Rockies and the Nationals. It was a 5-2 Rockies victory, and Austin Gomber went 6-2 and thirds, uh, got the victory here, giving up seven hits, two earned runs, and striking out six. Really good stuff from him. Uh, yes, poor opponent. Uh, so I'm not really going to be worried about adding Gomber. He's someone to keep an eye on, but not to add right away. Uh, Patrick Corbin went eight innings here. Very surprising to see him go that long. It's okay. He still gave up uh, five runs. Three of them were earned. Nine hits and three strikeouts. He was all right, I guess, over eight innings. But you don't need to be rostering Patrick Corbin. 
he's not going to help you really at all this year. Uh, if you do have him still, I would move on for sure. Daniel Barry got another save here, and he's been, you know, surprisingly very good through his nine appearances, striking out 13, saving seven games. He does have one blown save. But he's been better than what I expected. So good for Daniel Bard. He's been a really good asset so far. Last game we will talk about is the Dodgers and the Giants. It was a 9-1 Dodgers victory. Really disappointing uh, for Alex Wood. Not terrible. I mean, the bullpen, everybody who came in after him gave up runs as well. His five and a third innings consisted of four hits, three earned runs, seven strikeouts, and two walks. I really like Alex Wood, and I think this will be a very strong year for him, despite so far not being the greatest Obviously, don't drop him. He's he's still going to be a very good asset this year. On the Dodgers' side, Tony Gonsolin had a very good outing over five innings, giving up three hits, one earned run, and striking out five. He earned his second victory of the season, and he's a fairly strong add in most leagues. Uh, he's just pitching for the Dodgers, being a starter for the Dodgers, means you're going to win a lot of games. He's also kept the ERA fairly down. Uh, he needs to keep the walks maybe a little bit lower. He's walked nine guys in 22 innings, which isn't terrible, but I'd like it to be a little bit lower. But I'm very, very comfortable adding Gonsolin in most leagues. Again, maybe not in eight-team leagues, but honestly, even in like a 10-team league and deeper, I'd be all right adding Gonsolin. So we've wrapped up yesterday's recap. Let's take a look ahead to today where we have a 10-game slate. There are some teams that have off days. Let's start. Uh, let's go chronologically here. The first game will be the Angels and the Red Sox. It'll be Shohei Otani and Rich Hill. Otani, you'd like to see the ERA a little bit lower. I mean, the whip is low, the strikeouts are high, the walks are low. Overall, I'm, I'm very happy with how he's been. Uh, I'd like to see him be a little bit better. But, I mean, he wasn't terribly expensive where you were drafting him. Obviously, if you used him, if you drafted him on ESPN, he went number one because he has dual eligibility there as a pitcher and as a hitter. Yahoo separates it as two different players. There is a batter Otani and a pitcher Otani. And the batter Otani was going in the first round or two. And Rich Hill, or Rich Hill, geez, Rich Hill is who he's facing today. And Otani pitcher was going closer to pick 100 or so. So where from where he was drafted, yeah, this is, this is fine value what we've got so far. In terms of today's matchup, uh, I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about the Red Sox. They have not been very good so far. They got a lot of good batters in their lineup, but they haven't really produced so far. So I feel pretty good with Otani here. Rich Hill on the other side is a little bit more risky, obviously, being 42 years old and whatnot. He's been pretty all right this year, um, but I'm really not going to be using an ad on him at this point in the week. Uh, it's just not a, not a great matchup, so I'm going to be more or less staying away there. Next, we will get into the Reds and the Brewers here. And we have Hunter Green going again against Adrian Hauser. So Hunter Green has crazy high potential, uh, but this is really not a great opportunity for him on the road against a very solid Brewers team. So not a great option. If you have him today, I'd probably be leaving him on benches in category leagues. Maybe you take a chance in a points league, but in category leagues, I'd probably be sitting him. Adrian Hauser on the other side has looked very good, and I have no problem at all starting him at home here. The Reds have been terrible, so Hauser should have a good outing. Um, three wins so far for the Reds. I don't want to pile on if there's any Reds fans who listen, but three and 21, that's really, you, you want to be targeting pitchers who go against the Reds. That's the point of me saying that. I'm not just piling on to Reds fans. I know they've been piled on enough this year. 
Nationals and the Rockies is the next game. Aaron Sanchez and Antonio Sensatella. So Sanchez, you're going to be staying away like the plague today. Road matchup, tough, tough ballpark. And the Rockies have been a pretty good team. So no Aaron Sanchez for me today. Sensatella is a little bit more tempting, but he struck out six guys in 19 innings. If you need strikeouts, he's really not the guy. More of a ratio guy and has a little bit of a risky play in the ballpark they play at for for that. So I'm not sold on Sensatella. I think he's okay to use because of the matchup, but it really depends on if you're trying to get your ERA down for the week, your whip, or what have you. Uh, It's really a situational thing. If you need strikeouts, that's not the situation. If you're hoping to get the ERA down a little bit, he might be able to help you there. But it's, again, if you're playing a course field for that. Next game is the Mets and the Phillies. We have a pretty solid pitching matchup here between Taewon Walker and Aaron Nola. Probably both are fairly safe plays today. I think they're both pretty all right. Now, same messages as has been in the previous games of the series. Very good offenses. So deploy uh, with caution, obviously. These teams can both explode. For <clears throat> They're both capable of putting up 10-plus runs in a ball game. So that's something that has to be factored in, something that has to be remembered uh, when putting these guys out there. End of the day, I feel pretty safe about both of them, though. Uh, not not too much risk there, I don't think. Um, we will move on to the Twins and the Orioles, Chris Archer and Spencer Watkins. Archer, I'm probably all right to use here. He's been pretty good this year, good matchup. Uh, Spencer Watkins, again, he hasn't been bad this year, but I'm not really liking the matchup here against the Twins. So Archer, I would say, yes, he's worth... Probably worth adding. Uh, Watkins, I'd say probably is not. Uh, next game is the Tigers and the Astros. We have Tariq Skubal and Jose Urquidy. Urquidy has struggled this year, no doubt. It's a fairly good matchup, so I would be all right using him here. Skubal has been better than I expected, to be honestly. I wouldn't expect greatness here today. Tough matchup, but the Astros do deploy. Um, they have quite a few powerful left-handed bats. So having a left-handed pitcher go out there to combat that definitely won't hurt. Uh, with your Michael Brantley, Kyle Tucker, and Jordan Alvarez, having a lefty against them uh, is definitely good. It's definitely good for opposing pitchers, So for opposing teams in general. So I'm all right with Scooble there. Not terribly confident, but I'm fine with it. Uh, next game is the Marlins and the Padres here. And we have Jesus Lazardo and Nick Martinez. Lazardo has been very good. I have no problem using him. That is totally fine. Nick Martinez on the other side, not been great. He's a little bit of a riskier play. Uh, I'd probably be staying away from Martinez. But Lazardo, uh, good play today. Good play. Rays and Mariners is the next game. And this is the best pitching matchup of the night, I would say. Shane McClanahan and Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray has definitely not been what he was last year. But... You know, hopefully he can lower the ERA a little bit, get the strikeouts a bit higher, and also keep the walks down because he's already walked 12 guys through 30 innings, which isn't terrible, but it's a little bit too high uh, for what you expect out of him. He's not going to win Cy Young again, I'll tell you that. That was a miracle last year, but he can definitely be better than this. So, yes, he's safe to play, um, but, again, he hasn't been great this year. So remember that when you're playing him, when you're putting him in your lineups. Shane McClanahan has been very good this year. Coming off an outing, I believe, where he gave up a few runs. Uh, he gave up three earned runs to Minnesota, a couple of home runs. He did strike out 11 in that outing, so he is still the power pitcher that you drafted. He is still a Cy Young candidate in the American League. He is a go today. He is absolutely a go today against a Mariners team that is not great, for sure that's not great. 
Uh, next game is the Jays and the Guardians here. Jose Barrios and Aaron Savale. Barrios, yes, I'm fairly, I'm very comfortable using Barrios here. He has definitely been better in his last couple of outings, uh, particularly the last one where he only gave up the one earned run. He was really good. So, yeah, I'm good with using Barrios. Aaron Savale, I'd probably stay away from. The Jays' offense, I feel like they're going to start to click pretty soon. I mean, I've been feeling that for a while, but they're too talented to be kept down for too long. So I'm I'm really confident that the Jays will turn it around. And Savale has not been very comp, um, confidence-inspiring this year. So I'm going to be leaving him alone in this matchup. We just have one more game to go over here. And this is another really good pitching matchup. Miles Mikolas, Mikolas, I'm actually not sure how, I think it's Mikolas, and Logan Webb, uh, St. Louis and San Francisco. Really good pitching matchup. Logan Webb had a tough time out last time, from what I remember. Uh, 11 hits, 3 earned runs against Washington. You would have expected quite a bit more there. Here is a tough matchup, for sure. It's a tough matchup against the Cardinals. Both of these guys are going to have a tough time, probably. Uh, I feel I feel pretty strongly that they're going to have good games, but they're Tough lineups. Both of these lineups are very tough, particularly the Cardinals. So, yeah, they're both safe to play. But, again, at this point in the week, look at your matchups. Look what categories you need and see if it makes sense. See if it makes sense to play them or not. Let's look at some uh, quickly here because we are going to be hitting the hour mark pretty soon. Let's look at some guys who have been added and dropped in the most leagues today. So... In terms of the ads, a big one is Rowdy Telez. He's being added in quite a few leagues. He had a massive day yesterday with two home runs and eight RBIs. And he's currently sitting inside the top 20 for value on the year. Don't look now. Maybe that left-handed bat the Blue Jays have so desperately been looking for was on the team last year and we traded him away. But what do I know, right? He's looked really good. He's looked really good. Uh, in these last week or two, but throughout the season, he's been a, a massive power threat. If you're lacking in power or you have maybe not a great first baseman or, you know, there's just someone on your roster you want to move on from, Rowdy Telez is a really good option there. Uh, Adrian Hauser is probably the best stream you're going to find today going up against Cincinnati at home. Uh, you know, you can feel pretty confident deploying him there. You can feel pretty good about that. So, yeah, he's a good stream for today. Taewon Walker is a little bit riskier, but yeah, I don't mind using him today. He hasn't given up an earned run yet this year. And this will be the third straight start of his against the Phillies, which is a little bit concerning in terms of, you know, they're going to start to figure him out a little bit. So, yeah, he's all right to pick up here, but uh, there are better options available to you. Uh, Chris Archer is one of those better options, I think. Better matchup and lower risk, I would say, going up against the Orioles. So Chris Archer is a decent add. Uh, Tommy Pham has also been added quite a bit, and I think he's an all right add. I think if you have a three-outfielder league, I don't know that he'll be one of your better three outfielders. Uh, maybe you have a four-outfield platoon that you use on your on your roster with a three-outfielder league, and you just play the matchups. Tommy Pham has been fine, and he's... Been, Decent five-category guy, lower-end five-category contributor with not much on the batting average side, granted. He's an all-right add. If you have a five-outfielder uh, format, then I'd feel a lot better in those leagues. Uh, MJ Melendez has also been added in quite a few leagues. He's up to 16% rostered. He has base hits in each of his first two games. I have no problem going ahead and adding him in two-catcher formats and also with deeper leagues. Or maybe you just have a terrible catcher you want to move on from. Maybe it's... I don't want to say Alejandro Kirk because I feel like he'll turn it around, but someone performing in that kind of bracket of not a lot of production, I'm all right making the switch there. 
Let's look at some guys who have been dropped quite a bit today. And as usual, it's guys who pitched yesterday who didn't do terribly well. So Dylan Bundy, yes, uh, his ranking on the season went down to 714 based on that start yesterday. Really, really rough stuff there. Yes, he is a drop. Eliza Hernandez, yes, he is also a drop. He has not been very good at all this year. Outside of a one good start against the Phillies, but no need to worry about him. Uh, Madison Bumgarner been dropped quite a bit, and that's because of yesterday's game. No, I'm keeping Bumgarner. I don't. I don't understand dropping him because of that. He got ejected. It's, I'm not gonna say it's out of his control because it isn't his control, but he's been good enough this year that I would hold him still. Uh, Brandon Marshall also been dropped quite a bit, and yeah, he's been slumping. Uh, he hasn't had a hit since the 28th of April. Definitely in a slump, uh, but definitely not someone I'm going to be moving on from just yet. He has five-category potential there. And, I mean, if they move him down the batting order and he's batting eighth like he is today, then it might be a little bit hard going forward. But I think he'll probably bounce around that lineup and still have decent value. Uh, Matt Brash has been dropped quite a bit. Yeah, I'd probably wait for the official minor league announcements. Uh, he'll, be, he'll, he'll be sent down. But I'd probably wait for the announcement before doing that. I understand it, though. Uh, Jesus Sanchez has been dropped quite a bit, and I, I did forecast this if you go back on Twitter. I not, not to take a victory lap here because you want to see guys do well, but I did not think he would have value for very long. I thought he was you know a grab and sell high while you can. He hasn't really sustained it. So, again, if you're in a three-outfielder format, there are probably better options out there than Jesus Sanchez. Uh, hopefully you were able to sell high on him because he has been in quite the slump. He's seven for his last 40, so... Really, uh, he peaked, it seems, early this year. Maybe he'll get it back, but not looked particularly great. Guys, that's going to do it for us today. A little bit of a longer show. Uh, again, thank you to Brad for coming on. Brad Johnson uh, from NBC Sports Edge. You guys know him at Baseball A-Team on Twitter. So if you haven't already done so, go ahead and give Brad a follow. He's a great guy with a lot of baseball insight. And we hope to have him on the show again at some point. We Hopefully, we'll have everybody on again that we've had uh, early on in the year here continue we'll continue to have guests on but hopefully we'll have these people on again later on in the year and we'll look back at some of their takes uh from this point and earlier and see uh see how right we were see how right everybody was in terms of our predictions that'll do it for us guys my name is joe orico you guys can find me on twitter at joe orico 99 that's j-o-e-o-r-r-i-c-o 99 go ahead hit the follow button there you'll get my threads some of them go out daily some of them weekly uh you'll never miss a show for sure if you're following me on twitter because I post the links out there every day. So, guys, we will see you here tomorrow. We'll wrap up the week. We'll take a look at some weekend stuff. We'll take a look at the Friday matchups, and we'll recap today's stuff. If you're looking for DFS content, look at the DFS Today pod. We did not put one out yesterday, but there will be one out today if you're looking for DFS material. So, thank you guys again for listening, and we'll see you back here tomorrow. Cheers. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.